Shall we please turn our scripture to the book of James? Hallelujah. Amen. We are reading from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 1 to 8, then 12 to 15. James is after Hebrew. And my sister will say, if you are there, say amen. amen. If you are not there, yeah, wave me. Let me know. I guess everybody is there. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, verse 1 to 8, then 12 to 15. Greeting. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the diaspora, Dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trial of various kind. For you know that the testings of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that, that for that person must not Suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. We jump to 12 to 15. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. The desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. The desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth Amen. Amen. This morning, we've been blessed to bring to us the word of God. The man of God that God has used many years to bless us, to nature. A lot of us grow this church to this level. They're still in active service and they're still working hard, mentoring our father. Some call him Papa, prophesize Papa. Some call him daddy. We call him all kinds of names. He teaches to the understanding of every level. He 
Reverend Dr. Fredigbe, with a clap of him. Let's give it to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are blessed. And uh, after the ministrations of our choir, the next voice we hear is the senior pastor, Calvary Baptist Church, Reverend Dr. Fredigbe. Amen. Praise the Lord. Press on. Victory. Well, I really had not planned to give this testimony. Uh, but when you started, when the choir started ministering, uh, <laughs> it did flash through my mind when we were even praying for Ghana's uh, Mi Republic. On 1st of July, 1980, at the age of 25, one month of finishing law school, I started work at Calvary as a national service personnel 42 years ago. <laughs> uh, if somebody had told me I'll be here after that time, I would have said, you lie bad. But thank God, I'm still alive to celebrate 42 Yes. Mr. Megache, you don't remember. And, and the circumstances were as bizarre as it is true. Uh, Reverend Williams had asked that I should join them at Calvary. I don't know exactly what I was supposed to do. So I went to the National Service Secretary. I still remember the man who was there. The director was called Mr. Biney. I told him what the church was asking me to do. He said, you say you went to law school at Trinity College or Makola and I said, oh, I didn't know that Trinity. He said, which one did you attend? I said, Makola. He said, get out from here. Go and find something better to do. A few weeks later on, he sent for me and said, you, you are a coward. You hide behind women to fight your battle. I said, which, which battle? He said, some two women came here, and the way they addressed him, he said that I should go, and whatever they say I should do, I should go and do it. I said, sir, excuse me, who is the coward, me or you? I came to you as a man. You said I should go away. Some two women came here and intimidated you, and you now say I should go. He said, please, I don't want to see you. Just go, go. And he sent me away, whether grudgingly or wholeheartedly. I'm still at post. And there was no office at that time. I had to build my own office. Decided it should be behind the toilet where there will be no competition with anyone because the aromas that were coming from the cavalry, anyway, I will not go on. Praise the Lord. 
Number two, uh, last Sunday, I was blessed with my wife to be at Amasama, their fourth anniversary. It was such a beautiful time, and we praise God for these churches. Next Sunday, Akan Chapel at Adabraka will be 20 years. That's 20 years of having Akan. We used to have Akan in English, but that'll be 20 years. So, Senyamepea, Mekanyamisemohonu, so I may not appear here next Sunday uh, for the sake of those who are Akuti Brofo. I'll be ministering under can service next week. And uh, they start early at 6.37. I'll be sure my bodyguard makes sure I wake up early and I get there. And I'll be preaching the second service as well. Third, but not the, the last, but not least, as I've been taught to say, I've not stood here to preach for three months properly. Uh, three months is over. I think I've had enough break. I tell my body, you've been taking unnecessary break, so I'll try a short one today. Uh, last week, I tried it at Amasama and I survived. But I've always preached every week, if you care to know. I've always preached either on radio or TV, but not standing here to preach because, I mean, they can't stop my mouth. It's my leg that was sick, not my mouth. In my brain. So, <laughs> thank you, Lord. And that brings us to the theme for today. I'm watching the clock because uh, I have to take the train or the flight and also get to Adaraka. Is that Mrs. Uh, Boga? You're welcome. Is that you? Uh, Mrs. Boating. Is he back? Is set back? All right, please, let's remember to be in prayer for said Kwame Boating, I've been in touch with him. Uh, he's getting treatment, and we believe that you'll be fine. You'll be back soon. We tried putting on the mask, but I can see you from afar. The Lord bless you. This third quarter, we are going to the focus on discipleship. Discipleship. Enduring faith that takes us through life when we are disciples. That being a disciple of Christ has a number of challenges, a number of issues for us. How then do we become disciples? How then do we go through this world that has all these challenges and still remain loyal to him? 70% of our people, they say, do not come to church. But actually, the statistics is that 70% of Ghanaians are nominal Christians, which means they are fair-weather Christians. If it is good, you go to church, you worship God. If it is not good, whatever is good or better, you follow that. And so we are wishy-washy. You see, sometimes we change our stance depending on what is happening. Some even believe that you can do whatever you want to do and God will forgive you even if you do it willingly and knowingly. Is that what a disciple is supposed to be? That really is not what the disciple of Christ is supposed to be doing. And the book of James is one that gets it straight, persevering through trials. If you're a student of the Bible, you read the book of James, and I'll go through the first 12 verses quickly. I never attempt to say all that can be said about those verses, any verse, because I believe that you as a child of God, you should have a conversation with your father through the Bible, and he will speak to us. And what the key one to emphasize today is turning your trials into triumph. Can we say it together, turning your trials 
into trial. Let us pray. A gracious God and Master, we are before you today, thanking you that you are our God, our Redeemer, and our friend. You give us your word, and let it be word to me, through me, to your people, that together we will know how to serve you, how to live for you, through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen. Most scholars believe that the book of James was written by James, the brother of Jesus, who to all intents and purposes was possibly either an unbeliever or one who was not too keen about his brother Jesus being the Messiah. But after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, or just before that or after, he became a firebrand in the church. And he was probably one of the first ones to be killed for his faith because they thought, well, if we're able to kill him, then we will destroy the testimony of the church. James had heard about many of his brothers, the Jews, who had become Christians and how they were scattered across the world and they were suffering all kinds of persecution. And he writes this scripture to comfort them and for that matter, you and I, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the lesson he wants us to learn is that no matter what the trials may be, on the outside or on the inside, through faith in Christ, we can experience victory. Hallelujah. No matter what the trials are. I'm not about to define trials or temptations. Because in this particular context, he means the trials, that's those, the trials, he means those things that are outside, that try us. Temptations, those things that are inside that we do not see, but they lure us. Alright, so when the Jesus went through temptation, you can tell that, oh, this one is from inside. He probably did not see the devil, but he suggested things to him in his mind and all of these things. But sometimes when we are going through trials, you see it, you feel it, you hear it, you are enticed. And there are a number of things that we all go through as human beings. So it is something that is common to you and I as human beings. Let's look at some of the common things that are trials and temptations that are common to all of us. You name it. Pain. Oh, I've gone through some. And you have gone through some too. And I know you are going through some. It has made me some good friends, particularly at Adebraka, where they sit and hold their clutches and all those things. I say, Pastor, come and sit near us. Welcome to the club. Today I was just joking with Deacon Nate that I'm not holding the stick because, I mean, he's not my classmate. I'm nowhere near him. Pain. There's lust. Who doesn't lust? If it's not pain, it's lust. What about disease? Divorce. Just heard a word about divorce. Loss. Necessary losses. So long, so long as you are alive, you lose something. Either it's your cat, your dog, your goat, your money, your, you lose something. Cheating. Oh, what's the meaning of cheating? Ask me. Hurt. People are hurt. You hurt others. Greed. Talk about galamsey. Talk about bribery and corruption. Why do people do some of those things? Greed. Talk about accidents on our roads, domestically, in our offices. You get all kinds of accidents. Death. That one, I don't have to talk about it. Sickness. Separation. Disappointments. Immorality, emptiness, anger, loneliness, lying. If you have not gone through any of these trials and temptations, you belong to another club. Your club is in heaven. 
And please, uh, teach us how to be near you so that you will help us. But what are these things supposed to be doing for us? Or what are we supposed to do with them when we are particularly believers? Are we supposed to just give up? This is where the rubber meets the road. And this is where a, a certain type of understanding or misunderstanding gets us into trouble. Depending on how you understand it, you will think that somebody is doing you. So I said it before earlier, one month after I started limping, I told you that I've been told by people that I should send it back to the sender, which means it probably came from Satan or some of you church members or my enemies from my hometown or somewhere. All right? And if it is so, like or in Africa, nobody dies by heart. So if somebody is dead, whether it's your uncle or your relative, you go and find out who killed the person, who killed Lucy. There was even a book like that. So you find out it's either a white person or a fair person or a black person in your family. You go behind to find all of these things. And most times, it leads you into all kinds of complicated issues. But the Bible wants us to understand that if we are going to turn trials into triumphs, we must obey four imperatives. We must obey four imperatives from the word of God. Four commandments. Because the God who saves us neither sleeps nor slumbers. This does not de deny that there are no witches or wizards or senders who send poisonous arrows away. But how do you turn the arrows or those things from hurting you, calming you down, making you shake, or even causing you to go and do some consultation from some madams or reading your stars, or remain steadfast in the love and the victory of God. As they say, oh, when life gives you lemon, turn it to, Kinsley, you like saying that, turn it to what? Lemonade. It is easy to say, when life gives you lemon, turn it to lemonade. So when my sister said, oh, Fred, my brother is dead. I said, oh, my sister, careful. So I saw her coming to church wearing black, black. Uh, I mean, now, but but I know she's been crying, but she's a pastor. She's come to church. She's wearing black, black. Why is she not wearing white? Because we are mourning. We understand that language. Scripture gives us four imperatives. Things we must do as believers. Things we must believe. So, I'll name the four and you name them after me. Number one, it says count. Count. Can you say count for me? Count. Number two, no. Say it again. No. Number three, ask. What is that? Ask. Oh, I think I missed one. So let's start again. Count. No. Let. The third one is let. And the fourth one is ask. I've just chosen this one because today I've decided to minimize the gift of talking and go straight to the point. Count. James says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. So he said, all that long list I gave you, if you are in it, do what? Count. Oh. Then he goes on to say, James 1.3, no. What, do you, what should you know? For you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Steadfastness. What is the meaning of steadfastness? What is the synonym for steadfastness? 
Patience, endurance, produces fruit. The third one, let. Then said James 1 4, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That patience must yield fruit. And number four, this is where that famous passage comes from. If you lack wisdom, do what? Ask God. If you lack wisdom as to how to do the counting, do the knowing and let and do the letting. Ask God. Not wisdom to pass your, your exam one, 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 one. That one is there. But in this particular context, he has to do how to deal with all these things. So let's take them one by one, briefly. Then we'll watch a video. I'll try and expound on the four and we'll spend time praying. What does it mean by count? The word count, the four essentials, count has to do with attitude. Count has to do with a joyful attitude. Outlook determines the outcome. And attitude determines an action. God tells us to expect trials. Say, believers, when you fall into diverse trials and temptations. They say, if, when, it means it will come. I will always remember a guy who was put on BBC that he had lost his leg and he was still talking, talking all over the place. He was a cameraman who was so excited about what he was doing. And they shot him. Then they asked him, when we, take down, when we took down the film, we realized that the time you were shot, you were still <laughs> shooting the film. How did you get the courage to do that? He said, when they shot me and I put my hand in my pocket, I realized something below my leg was missing. So I took my handkerchief and I put it down. I realized, oh, it was my leg. It was gone. Then I said, okay, they've been shooting people like that. Now my turn has come. Let me film the rest because I may not have the chance to film again. I said, this guy must be crazy. He said, what? He must be crazy. He said, I kept filming because now my turn has also come. I saw many people who lose their legs, their neck, their hands like that. But for me, I was still holding the camera. And I asked the man, can I stand on you and take the film? He said, yes. And I was taking it. I said, wow. Friends, count, count. Outlook determines outcome. An attitude determines the action. God tells us to expect it. The believer who expects the Christian life to be easy is in for a shock. Because in John 16, 33, Jesus tells us, in this world you have tribulation. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Our values determine what we evaluate. So the word count is a financial term. You're counting your money. So look at Philippians chapter 3. Paul says, look, when I became a Christian, I took an inventory of all the things that are to my credit. Okay, I was born on what day? Circumcised on what day? Hebrew of Hebrews, blah, 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 blah. All the credentials I had. He said, when I count all these things, I count them as what? Garbage. I count them as rubbish. For what? The excellency of knowing Christ. Here's a man who is counting. Sometimes we are told to count our blessings, name them one by one. The man is saying, I've counted all of these things. I've counted them. So if I be personal, somebody asks, so all these 40 years we serve in church, what do you get out of it? Oh, you wait. When we get to heaven, you'll see what I got out of it. Or even, even before I get to heaven, you see what I got out of it. All right. 
So count, think about it, because our values determine our evaluation. If you value comfort, listen to me, if we value comfort more than character, when trials come, they will, they will upset us. If you value material things more than spiritual things, we will not be able to count it all joy because the material things are going. We will not. So for Paul, since when we face trials in life, we must evaluate them in the light of what God is doing for us. That is why Job, and he should not be the only hero. Job could say, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. Or can we say together, when he tries me, I'll come forth as what? Gold. So when, he, when they put the fire on me, I'll come out as gold. May you receive that revelation in your spirit, in Jesus' name. So learn to count and count properly. Then he says, no. No means something that you and I must understand in our mind. What do Christians know that makes it easier for us to face trials and benefit from them? The one thing we must know is this. Faith is always tested. Faith is always what? Tested. So Abraham had walked with God for all this while, and we've heard about it recently. When God called Abraham to live by faith, he tested him to increase his faith. God always tests us to bring the best out of us. Satan tempts us to bring out the worst. So when you hear that voice saying, oh yeah, okay, there's nobody here. Okay, Joseph, there's nobody here. The woman has given you a scholarship. Just take it, take it. Said, no, would this bring something good out of me? Said, no, no, no. This is a temptation, but this one is from the devil. Because he's trying to bring something out of me. When you hear the voice say, Joseph, now, if she takes your coat as she's taking, run! You go to the street, they will lock you, but run! Oh, you understand in your mind that this is God's will for me. They brought this envelope. Yes, that envelope. Say, yeah, it will close the gap. It will help you to buy the roofing sheet. It will help you close, buy the cement. It will help you quickly. It will help you get that promotion as a minister, as this and that. Ask yourself, this one, is it pleasing to God? Is it pleasing to my maker? What if I'm caught, not in this world, but in the world to come? Or even I'm caught in this world. So understand, faith is always tested. The only way the Lord can develop patience and character in some of us is through trials. Endurance cannot be attained. Please listen to me. It almost sounds heretical. Endurance cannot be attained by reading the Bible, by listening to sermons, or even praying a prayer. We must go through difficulties of life Trust God and obey him. The result will be patience and character. Knowing this, we can face trials joyfully. We know what trials will do for us in the end. And we know that the result will bring glory to God. Hallelujah. So you hear me? When you are going through trials, yes, you can decide to pray. Prayer is good. Fasting is good. <laughs> Listening to sermons is good. But it calls for action, having faith and belief in God in addition to all of that. Like the priest who was teaching his, his, his members, oh, be patient, be patient, be patient. When his son died, they, say, they started crying. So priest, pastor, father, have patience. His answer, in which store do they sell patience? 
No store sales patient. But I have, a, I have a video for you. I'm trying to get us to understand something with a video that is worldly. But I want us to understand patience, trials in a certain way. What is the most dangerous way of dying in this country? Can somebody help me? What's the most dangerous one? COVID or what? Oh, I just mentioned said Kwame Bwati. What, what is it? Motorbikes or accident? Lorry accident. It kills more of us than anything. Now, what a way to die. There has developed, you see, in, this, in, in our part of the world, the cars we like buying are cars that look nice. But in other parts of the world, the cars people buy are cars that have been tried and tested and tempted and so their owners are able to manufacture a 60 or 100,000 car and send it to be crashed so you can write a crash report. Now, let's see. Let me see something. So you count, you know. Can you show me that, that video? It's a long one, but we'll show our five minutes. And then you hear the comments towards the end. And if car dealers can think like this so that people can buy their car, what about God? What can he say about you? Yeah, let's go here. This is a test with a dummy showing that when the car is hit, where you will get, where it will hit you. This is Nizan Group. Acceptable. All right. So an accident at 35 or 40 miles per hour at, with the car, with dummies representing you, where you hit the side bag. Subaru Forester. Overall side rating. This is just the side. There are so many tests, but you can Google it and see you more for yourself. You see what seatbelt can help you to do. Another car. That's right. What's the rating? Is what? The blue. What is it? Acceptable. All right. It means accident, you will get it. But when you get it, <laughs> it's acceptable. <laughs> All right. Let's see another one. Volvo XC40, overall rating, acceptable. All right. Would you like to sit in this type of car to go through this? Got the glasses flying. The car we don't feature too much in Ghana. What is it? Mazda CX-5. 
you go and bring that to Ghana, would they say you bought a good car? All right, see the rating. <laughs> I'll surprise myself. Honda HRV. Who is shouting? What do you see? What do you see? Whoa. Uh -huh. All right. You think the Honda producers, they will like this report? But they sent the car there for testing. All right. See, compare the two. I think we have one more or so. I know this will keep you awake, so, all right. The Mazda CX-5 was our top performer in this inaugural round of newer, tougher side no. impact testing. Go back a little bit and the, let him explain to you why they do what they do and what the overall aim is. So, let's just be quiet. Yeah, please play the, play the voice. Vehicle structure held up extremely well during the test. The airbags did a really good job of protecting the heads of the crash test dummies. And there was very little intrusion into the occupant compartment, meaning less likelihood of injury. This is how we would like to see all vehicles perform in the future. The Honda HRV was one of two poor performing vehicles in this round of test. Structurally, it was the worst performer. As you can see here, the B pillar actually tore away from the structure of the vehicle. The result was our barrier intruding almost halfway into the driver's seat. Nine out of the 20 vehicles that we tested in our new side crash test received an acceptable rating. Examples include the Honda CRV, the Subaru Forester, and the Audi Q3. These results reflect what IHS has seen in the past when we rolled out a new test. There are very few vehicles that receive our best rating in the initial year. The automakers then respond with improved designs, and then we start to see more and more good rated vehicles as time goes by. We know that if you're in a good rated vehicle, your chances of dying as a driver are about 70% lower than if you're in a poor rated vehicle. At the same time, about 25% of the fatalities on our roadways are still occurring in side impact collisions. We know there is room for improvement and we need to do more to protect occupants in these types of crashes. When we develop a new test program, we begin by looking at real-world crashes and trying to understand the characteristics of those collisions, including speed and types of vehicles involved. We then look at our tests to determine if we are simulating what is happening in the real world when it comes to how the vehicle responds and how likely it is that occupants will be injured. Our new side impact test generates about 80% more energy than our original test. This is the result of using a heavier barrier and also running the test at a higher speed. The other change that we made was to the face of the barrier. It has now been redesigned to reflect the crash profile that occurs when a modern day SUV or pickup truck strikes another vehicle. Thank you. So, their job is to test the vehicles and guess who sends the vehicles there? Those who are manufacturing them. For what? For testing. And when they get the results, what do they do? They publish it to the world. Does it affect the choices people make? Yes, they do. So 
the one who got poor rating, what would they do? They improve on it. Those who get good rating, they also try to improve on it. So this is, this is for testing 2022. The ones that have poor rating, sometimes they have nobody to buy them. And when they have a small accident, they send them to places like Ghana, other parts of the world, where once it is shiny, shiny, it is from Nuhua, we buy them. I'd have shown you some, but you would have run away from here. They, they, they had some from some of these cars, the QQs and all those things about the side impact. They have no, no side uh, impact bags. When you are in it, when it happens, you are gone. Your head is smashed, you are gone. All right. All right. Now, what is the import of all that I'm saying? I'm linking it to trials and temptations. And I'm saying, if car manufacturers and car testers go through this exercise, are you telling me that the Lord God does not allow things in your life so he can boast about you? He can make you more resilient. He can say, as for this car, we guarantee it for 10 years, for 20 years. Did you, can you believe it? The Mercedes-Benz company after today says that they can guarantee that Princess Diana did not die in that car, in that tunnel, at that speed. Because it could never have happened. Why are they so sure? Because of a number of things. Let me not even get there. That one is a Ifeni person, so I'll not even get there. So, I've talked to you two or, three, two or two things. Let's finish it. So he says, count it all joy. Know what you know. That the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. The testing of these cars gives you the assurance that it's a good car and God knows you are a good man. Now it tells Abraham, now I know, now I know I can trust you. The third one, he says, let, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So this steadfastness helps you, it equips you. Yes, the temptation has come, you have overcome it, and God will help you, you send his angels to, to help you, that like he helped the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is always able to help us. That's why it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the last one, if you lack wisdom about how to handle all the perplexities, all the trials and all the temptations of life, ask God. Let's just read verse 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and to be given to him. In this particular context, he's talking about the trials, the temptations, the vexations, the push and the pull that come in our life and what we should do about them. So, these are the four essentials that James, the apostle, tells the people of God, by extension you and I who live today, that tests, trials, temptations will come. But unlike the devil, God wants us to overcome. And we overcome, sometimes not just by you standing by yourself, but by your brothers and your sisters. Somebody is down one day, another one is up. Speak the word, pray with the person, encourage the person, and cheer the person in the Lord. Not stamp on that person to get lost and get out of God's hand. So this is what the Lord wants us to know, will help us to be overcomers. Then he said, when you do all of that, when you know you understand, there's a fourth one. A surrendered will 
A surrendered will is God cannot build our character without our cooperation. That's the strange thing about God. He cannot. If we resist him, then he chastens us into submission. Sometimes he chastens us. But if we refuse to submit to him, he cannot accomplish his work in us. He's not satisfied with a halfway job. God wants his perfect will to be in us. He wants his finished product to be a more mature and a more complete person. So he doesn't force us. Even when Jesus can see what Judas was trying to do, say, look, Judas, Judas, see, watch it. Peter, watch it. He appealed to their will, to their mind, to their conscience. But did they listen? No. One chose to come back, the other one chose to commit suicide. And in believing, when you ask wisdom, when you need wisdom, ask him. The Lord does not only tell us that these things are good for us. In James 1.12, which is the verse I'll end with. What is the reward? A believing heart, clinging to God like this, has a lot of benefits in this world and in the world to come. Let's take it, James 1.12. Can we read it together? Blessed is the man or woman who remains steadfast on the trial. So you see, the trial comes so that we remain what? Steadfast on the trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life in this world, but also which God has promised to those who love him. That's where we get the verses from Hebrews chapter 12. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses because unlike them, the Holy Spirit lives in our heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. There's a song we sing. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All order is sinking sand. Are we going to persevere? Are we going to seek his will? Let's bow down our heads in prayer. If you know somebody who is going through all these trials and affliction and they seem to have lost their own perspective. If you are one yourself through sickness, trial, and you are not getting it clearly. You just managed to come here today. Oh, can you sing to him? Say, Lord, 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 I'm turning to you. Lord, if I were one of those cars being bashed, would I survive? But they survived. They are only cars, but you live in me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you live in me. But one thing I can tell you for sure, before we dedicate a Christian, if you perhaps do not even know the Lord as your Savior, the one who come pushing you and harassing you is the devil. And as for him, He's only here to destroy you. He's only in this world to destroy you. John 10, 10, the enemy, the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. Do you want to turn to Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? If that is your prayer, that is your desire, that the trials, the temptation that seem to be pushing you away from the Lord, say, Lord, I come to you today. Just raise your hand wherever you are, and I'll pray with you. Then we'll continue praying with Christians for fortitude, for understanding, for strength in the Lord. You want to give your life to Christ so that these temptations, these trials will not push you away. You do not belong there. You don't belong to the devil. You belong to God. He has allowed you to come to church today to have an understanding of what the purpose is. That man who is harassing you, that money that they are using to entice you, that sickness that seems to be confusing you, can you ask God for grace, for strength? What do you believe? That the Lord is always there to show his hand of mercy to you.
Yes. Just affirm your faith. Christ the solid rock. And your faith is built on nothing else. 